Bone Roller Gaming. The vaulted superheroes were no more. Their lives lost in a futile effort to give the people hope against a rising undead tide. Now, all that stands between the weak and the undead are the lowly B-listers, sidekicks, and junior heroes struggling to find their footing in a ravaged world. As the slain supers rise to join the rates of the shabbily, the survivors know the undead to fear most are those with rotted capes. Hello and welcome to Bone Roller Gaming. I'm Dale. My preferred pronouns are she and her, and I play Beckett. I am Ricky. My preferred pronouns are he and him, and I play Lucky. And this is Fender. Being gender fluid, I am fine with he, she, him, so on and so forth. And I play as Cherry. Hello, and I'm Jody, and my preferred pronouns are he and his, and I will be playing everybody else. We begin with the camera zooming in across what was once large verdant fields and flat plains of Colorado. As the camera moves forward, it crosses in quick time tons of acres that are now covered in a slight sheen of snow. We pull forward to see carcasses of dead animals, some surviving, weakened, everything left lighted and hungry in this new winter. Inside of view, we begin to see the breaking lines of skyscrapers and tall buildings that are quickly eclipsed by even higher mountains rising in the background. As we get closer, it's very easy to notice that the buildings have been gutted. Many of them are broken. Some have entire tops of their towers sheared away. The remains left in clouds of debris and dust on the floor. On the streets below, the ravenous, shambling forms of what can only be the undead stagger, wretch, wrench, and lurch their way through the streets. The camera quickly climbs up the side of a building, broken panes and shattered spires of what was once an immense skyscraper and is now just only three quarters of its once glorious height. Atop the ruins, what can only be an undead dragon <laughs> remains. Pale, gray, scaleless flesh, rent and torn through the attacks of many different beasts and creatures, it still stands strong, sightless eyes gazing into the setting sun as it roars out a challenge to the oncoming night. In fear, the camera runs. <laughs> back down the other side of the building, crossing leftover planes and more ruined buildings, shambling hordes, and eventually out into quick fields, up against the backside of the mountain, where it calmly plots down, plods down a little dirt road and comes to rest at the gates of Howard University. A large brick two-story building, two large wings, each top of the copper dome. <laughs> As the camera sinks in, we wander a couple of different halls, surprisingly filled with life. Sounds of movement, flutters of electricity, somebody still being here. We cross off into a main courtyard, still covered in snow, but what was once actual plants still being kept alive. Some small trees still bearing fruit and leaves. And down into one of the few surviving enclaves in this rotten new world. So, hello everybody. And we're going to be taking off with you guys inside of the enclave. Again, this is Howard University. I'm going to ask what each of you are doing. And I would like to have an idea of where you are at right now. It is late evening, uh, sorry, rather the sun is just beginning to set, and night is quickly oncoming. Where where do you think you are currently? Please introduce yourself and say what's going on while you're Lucky. 
like he is currently sitting in the uh, corner of the med bay where he pretty much lives. He's nested in a little area there. Uh, looking at him, he's got a white cream colored fur and he looks, he's very rabbit-like. Uh, he gets up and uh, clumps, flump, clumps, flump over to the uh, mirror as uh, one foot has actually been sawed off or, or missing. Been, uh, it's got a jerry-rigged table leg and plumber's helper duct tape together type thing. He uh, looks in the mirror and uh, takes the uh, brush next to him and brushes down his fur a bit. Looking uh, through the mirror, he can actually see, you know, through the door of the med bay that reaches into the hallway uh, on further down, where here the others, as they're basically uh, doing their thing. Do you have a cage in here where you sleep? <laughs> That's his idea. <laughs> sure, he's got a cage. <laughs> it's a dog and kennel. Then I think we have probably a sizable dog kennel. You're a rather tall uh, rabbit. Uh, probably thumb over with blankets and other warming devices right now because it's uh, cheaper to save energy by just you know providing space that's very specifically heated. So from out of there crawls a little uh, Japanese girl. Uh, she's probably around eight years old, and you're very familiar with her. This is Charlotte. She's the technical aide, though she's mostly just a mascot for you in here. Right. She looks up kind of bleary-eyed where she was sleeping, obviously, in your bed. <laughs> is that is 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 your leg still bothering you? Uh-huh. Well, yes. It's a little itchy on the sides, but it'll be fine. Did I ask, uh, did I ask Beckett fun to get you some more uh, ointment for it? Please. That would be helpful. Okay. Excuse me. And she starts to uh, totter off, still a little sleepy, and towards the door. Um, right as she's about to enter it, there's three very heavy knocks. She opens the door regardless to see who it is. And uh, standing inside of the doorway is a very tall, fairly plank-faced man, very stiff motions, uh, who pats her on the head, lets her out, and looks up at you. You recognize this person, this is Zach. He's one of the people that go out, one of the weird scavengers that you typically go out with, who, well, if he's here right now, he's either hurt or probably got something very specifically that's going on. Lucky looks on, <laughs> over and, and uh, quickly assesses that he probably isn't hurt. <laughs> Correct. He looks pretty good. Uh, so, doctor, we need to break it to you. Uh, meetings come up right now. We need you to, to come on in. We'll counsel get together. Lucky sighs. He looks over, grabs his uh, portal generator, hoists it, and uh, his med bag straps that over and follows him out. Thank you, sir. Yeah, Charity's getting anxious. Uh, apparently there's some big goings on right now. As the two walk out the door, camera turns and pans to. Probably the gymnasium, I would imagine, or some such open room to think about the layout a little bit more. Long story short, they took a portion of the cafeteria. All the tables have been moved off to the sides. The floor is actually freshly polished, believe it or not. And there's going to be two young women, actually. One of which wearing baggy white dancer's pants and a sports bra. And the other wearing a very garish, bright pink and black and white gymnast's uniform. And the, the young lady in the dancer's pants is actually holding the redhead by the ankles and literally chucking her face first skyward. Just overhead somersault kind of situation. Except apparently being very nimble, the redhead does a double twist and lands flawlessly and silently, despite being just chucked 20 feet in the air. Not bad, Cherry. You still had a little trouble on the landing. Your knee buckled just a hair. Let's try that again. All right, fine, fine. And she's just going to back up and sprint, just full tilt, 100% confidence, and just step into the holster. 
So as you come running toward, Lily uh, gets down into a semi-squat, puts her hands together, fingers interlaced, and uh, waits for your foot to land, where she once again takes all of your weight and then hoists you skyward. Yep. Can I actually get a... Dexterity? Uh, I was going to say acrobatics roll from you, please. That's a skill check. Yep. And it's based off of... So that's going to be your action dice, so mm-hmm. 2d10, mm-hmm. and that's based off your... So one of the interesting things with Rotted Capes is it's you use your skills and you will always use an appropriate stat. So in this case, I would assume quickness is going to be the best one. I would also take prowess, whichever is higher. They're the same. So, yep. We're going to hope I don't eat shit. So that's going to be 16, 17. Okay. Nice. Not bad at all. So you effortlessly go into the air, do a nice backflip, and come down with a fairly solid lander. It's not a triple somersault or anything super fantastic, but it is solid. All right, well, we've been at this for a few hours. Forgive me for being a little tired. <laughs> Not <laughs> tired for you. I'm the one doing all the lifting. Oh, hey, first of all, look at your ass. Then look at my ass. I have to do the heavier lifting when you're doing the tricks. So. She just reaches down and pats her exposed midriff and the layered abs that she has and goes... It's not the ass that's doing all the work. (laughs) So, that being said, comparatively, the two are very different in build. Uh, Cherry is much more slight and sort of tomboyish in structure. Um, She has hips, but she could probably pass boyish compared to Lily, who is much more, hey, that's a woman. I'm not hiding the fact that that's a woman. (laughs) Physique up there. Because they are, of course, dancers. They they are always doing flips and tricks because they are a hip-hop dance troupe. I see Lily as a six-foot-three Germanic Valkyrie. Yes, there. Yes. It makes sense uh, that Cherry's also a little thinner. Rations have been hitting in now. It's been some time since you guys have been in your enclave. And the food, while you guys are able to get some more, uh, has been on rations. All right, well, uh, when do you think the solar batteries are going to be good again? Because this is much easier with music. Once the snow goes away, we should be able to get some easy actual sunlight coming in. I'm not going to lie, I'd love to have the uh, the iPad playing a few more things rather than just listening to your heavy breathing every time I have to throw you. Hey, come on. <laughs> anyway. It's not like I'm hearing your footfalls, after all. Mm-hmm. As you two continue to joke a little bit back and forth as you start wrapping up for the night, there's the sound of very heavy footfalls coming from combat boots, and Jack comes walking across uh, the open expanse of the cafeteria, the cleared expanse of the cafeteria. Jack, much like his brother, Zack, is a fairly, uh, fairly big, fairly built guy, but it's one of those life amounts of muscles, you know, some, he looks like oak. It looks like he's going to take a beating and kind of shrug it off. wonder why you just hit him. Not the, oh god, I just got hurt. Yeah, he's sturdy. He's very sturdy. As I said, heavy footfalls, all the gear on him weighs a lot. The various survival knives, racks and bullets that he's still keeping ready. In fact, he's fully geared up to go out. And as he comes walking towards you, uh, Lily gives you a look. You be careful tonight. <sighs> I'll do what I can, I guess. I mean, I have a three-legged rabbit for a partner. Yes, that's what I'm concerned about. Anyway, she's going to kind of shrug out her shoulders and pick up the fully loaded MTV mm-hmm. that she's got. Uh, so the, the modular tactical vest, and it clashes very much with her dancer's gear, but she just slings that camo vest over her shoulders and starts fucking with the hood and fixes her very old, very worn-in K-bar. <laughs> And just make sure it's there. Cocks her, you know, hand crossbow and pulls the elastic hood over her face. 
Once you're fully in gear, Lily reaches over and gives you a nice big hug so that all the gears presses into your body and all those little sharp bits get a chance to dig in really tightly. She does that on purpose. Yes, she does. Mm-hmm. Says, you be safe out there. Mm-hmm. And then she starts walking off, giving a nod to Jack as Jack walks up to you. Chair? Yeah? Uh, Charity's a... Uh, Charity's ready. She's got to mean something big just went down. Yeah, that's not surprising. When do we go? Immediately. Oh, we're going to go meet up with her and the rest of the group, and then we're going to be heading out. Alrighty. So, to emphasize, her, it's kind of like a Zentai suit, neck down. Her, she's in one bodysuit style outfit with a high collar and a hood, and she actually pulls a face mask up when she's working. So, her eyes are still going to be free because she has to work her night vision goggles, but she's currently fixing. I'd like to think you actually had part of a mask. You've tailored your suit to not have that front part anymore. Mm-hmm. It's obnoxious as hell. Yeah, no, that sounds good. Looking through mesh sucks. <laughs> and as those two begin to walk off, the camera pans back out once more and trances over to... So the camera moves in to the first floor gym, where Cherry currently is not practicing because Beckett kicked her the fuck out. It is... Beckett's time right now to train a small amount of the Enclave members some self-defense because in Beckett's opinion, that's a lot more useful to the general populace than tumbling and throwing and general acrobatics. It's great for dancers, not for regular plebs. So... We do have a lot of plebs. (laughs) It's more important to knock a zombie down than it is to do a hopscotch dance in front of it. (laughs) So in the middle of the gym, there's a set of wrestling mats... Um, at the front of the mats, Beckett is standing. She is without her customary black cowboy hat and duster since she's going to get her hands dirty teaching these civilians some basic self-defense drills. She looks at the room. She uh, takes a look at each of her students and pairs some of them off with each other and looks over at Gunderson, who's finally decided to join in one of these after however many months. Hey, Beckett. Hey, Gunderson. So, alright. So I just throw my fist in the other guy's face, right? Did I get that right? That's exactly what you shouldn't do. How else do you make a punch? Not like that. Have you been drinking again? Uh, no, maybe. She'll move in close and, <laughs> and smell his breath. She's like, I fucking told you, if you came in here drunk again, and she's going to... You see her squinting, and she just looks at me, she's like, you had this fucking coming. And um, she's going to lock him in place, as she is wont to do. What am I rolling? Okay, so for that, you're going to be doing a uh, joint lock check. You need yep. to roll your 2d10 for yep. your action dice. You're going to roll your resolve, resolve die, and you're going to use the ranks of your skill as a bonus to hit. Yep. So I have a plus six, and I have to get over his fortitude. You have to get over his fortitude. I will give you a circumstantial plus two as well, because he is drunk. And his fortitude is slightly impaired. So I rolled a 10 on my... uh, Attribute die. Attribute die. Okay, whenever that happens, the die explodes. Please roll again. So it's an automatic 10 plus? Yes. Yes. So that's currently 18 plus 6. That's 24. That's amazing. Please roll again, because I want to see how badly you own. 27. (laughs) Oh, poor Gunderson. (laughs) Yep. So the old man locks up immediately as you take control of his body. Um, You have complete control of his muscles right now. She's going to loosen his right arm slightly and pull it into place so that she can position it where it would actually land a good punch and curl his fist into a proper punch, tucking his thumb appropriately. 
And she will kindly guide it to her solar plexus. She'd be like, you want to incapacitate. <laughs> Punching somebody in the face isn't a guarantee. Punching uh, here generally might be. And then she'll sweep his feet and land him on the floor. <laughs> and she'll look up to the rest of the class. Which is standing stock still watching. I didn't tell y'all to stop you with your drills. Yes, sir! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she'll kind of stand at the side of the mat, kind of observing and going in and making small corrections with stances and arm placement, and generally helping, because that's what she does. <laughs> For some reason, your class seems highly motivated to do their <laughs> techniques correctly now. Yeah. Did you release Rye? No. Okay. So Rai is still bent and locked yep. with his body in the appropriate punching position, like you had taken a statue, lifted it up, and tossed it back on the ground. Yep. As you can imagine, it's highly uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, she'll eventually release him, but she's kind of enjoying it because he's shown up drunk way too many times. Yeah. Um, in fact, Rai shows up maybe not drunk every time. He's at least always been drinking. Yeah. Also, why would you punch a zombie in the mouth? That That's is for like, humans. <laughs> I know. But uh, I, I would like to say Rai would agree with what you just said. He can't talk right now. Rai cannot come to the phone to I see Cherry his peeking her head and like, you did it again, didn't you, dumbass? All right, well, we gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, with that, Jack puts his hand on his shoulder and says, you can wait in the hallway. I need to get back in. Mm-hmm. And does continue walking on in. Again, even in here, those boots nice and loud. It's kind of squelchy against that uh, wrestling mat uh, underfoot. But he walks over to you and says, Beckett, sir, uh, if we can borrow you. Um, the rest are already waiting in Charity's office. Is something wrong? We had some new intel. Um, we're going to be going out. It's, uh, it's going to be fucking awesome. <laughs> So Beckett will actually tap the best student in the class shoulder, that is Fatima, and say, Y'all still have a half hour left? I find out you haven't been carrying out the drills for the full time? You know what'll happen. We'll do it, Beckett, sir. As you guys walk out of the gymnasium, down into the enclosed hallways between the buildings, and then back towards one of the main double-story university buildings, large, gray, towering structures, you are uh, immediately run into Zach and Lucky, the school doctor, of course, Jack's brother. Hey, hop along. Jack and Zach smile at each other, and then immediately uh, turn and say, Back at sir, it's off this way, and... Well, what am I saying? You already know the way, of course. And you all handle, or trundle? You all walk off over to uh, Charity's office. Charity is a young (laughs) 24-year-old girl. Uh, She is currently in the dean's office of the university, where she has set up, not by choice, but rather because everyone agreed that that would be the most appropriate place uh, for her to be, since she was mostly managing the enclave. Her concession to being here was to clean out most everything that was actually in here, to make a small circle of chairs uh, in the center of the room, to get out all the big desks that were here before. So what's left is actually a fairly stripped-down office uh, with one fairly rickety table and student's desk right next to it, and a couple of bookcases where she's keeping journal logs of what's happening in the Enclave for the last year or so. Does she have, like, a filing cabinet or anything that would be logical like that? That's actually what she's using the bookcase for normally. Uh, There is a filing cabinet in here where you can assume that she's keeping notations actually on the members of the Enclave, and probably on the other Enclaves you guys have run into or heard from. As you all come in, you see there's several other people already in the room. 
uh, Charity, of course, who was sitting on top of the rickety table. She's uh, not very old, just past her 20s, probably a little older than Cherry. Uh, still has kind of a carrot red hair and big freckles, but she is in a parka <laughs> and trying to maintain some body warmth. She's a skinny, frail, frail little girl <laughs> who's been uh, the beating heart mostly of this on. Sitting in the chairs next to her are two other people. One is a brown-haired man in a wife beater with a pair of overalls. The One of the uh, straps is loose and undone, as if he had just forgotten to, not have just slipped off. Um, there are some stains from various drinks that have dribbled down the front of it. Does not obviously take good care, and as you guys all come in, he is eating from a bag of Skittles and holding a cell phone in his other hand that he has kept powered. You all know him as Aubrey. He is your electrician and your uh, campus security. He runs the electrical work, all the cameras, the infrared, all the actual main electrical maintenance for this enclave. In the other chair, uh, directly opposite him, where the entire room can be watched, uh, the chair has actually been pulled back away from the main ring of uh, the, the people here, is a bespectacled fellow whose skin varies in pigment shades from brown to white to various pink tones even. You all know him as Spock. That is the only name he is dying to go with, or deigned to go with. He is wearing a hat while still indoors. Even though he's pretty bald, so it's probably just to keep the, the warmth in on his head right now. So it's a beanie to keep the warmth on. Um, and he's wearing a scarf and what actually looks like fairly nice looking, but tattered clothing. As if he's trying to keep the image of being uh, the security personnel for this location. As you guys come in, Beckett, he gives you a mock salute, but with respect. Not insulting you, but as a, a another person that's really helping to train and keep track of the actual people of this enclave. Mm-hmm. So a casual salute, essentially. Yeah. Casual salute. She'll nod her head. Um, as the rest of you girl entering, Aubrey finally looks up from the cell phone and goes, Look, it's about time for us to be fucked all got here. Hey, Aubrey, <laughs> take a bath yet? Uh, and <sighs> Cherry's going to immediately walk to the filing cabinet and just hop up and just perch. Yeah, he doesn't bother to answer because it's obvious the answer is no, and he would never deign to bother if he doesn't have to. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it made him shut up. Like he's still wondering, what is fuck? <laughs> I love it when oh, he talks okay. like that. Come here, I'll show you. <laughs> uh, and he spli- obviously swipes several screens no, no, off. No, <laughs> no. Beckett's going to reach over and put her hand over the screen. That is fucking grungy. <laughs> There's a brief image of various forms writhing before your hand collapses it, and Aubrey just, oh, all right, and she puts it into the pocket of the front pocket of the overalls. and says, what the, well, what am I saying? Let's get settled, I'll tell you what's going on. Charity gestures for everybody. Zach, Jack, thank you very much. I'm glad you could get everyone. Go ahead and please sit down, guys. I know this is kind of a last rush, and I know it's right before dinner, so I'm sorry to have you here. Um, as she is talking, she is also lifting several folders and files and documents that she has on her desk and leafing them open and looking and writing things onto them and handing them back over to the other side of her desk while this is all going on. I just want to get that image of her basically bobbing her head the entire time, not in some sort of rhythm or sound, but rather that she's constantly looking down at the folders back up to you guys this entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, everybody, I'm glad you could make it. Uh, we've got some really good news. What we just heard is that there's a grand opening happening right now. Stanton Stadium just got on with us over the radio. They just found another mall 
one of the zombies, one of the bigs, went through, I think it was Chimera, and knocked out a huge section of wall that had been blocking off uh, one of the entrances into the sporting goods section and uh, the back end of the uh, downtown mall. So this is fresh. We want to get there quickly, and we want to go there immediately. Quick note, grand open is a term used by survivors these days. Whenever a place that had not been available or uh, something, it, it's basically, it's an undiscovered cache of goods. It's time to loot. You get there as quick as possible because you never know who else is going to know about it. And while some enclaves work together, not all of them do. And everybody still wants to get in for themselves. Jerry just hops down and fucking heads towards the door. So, what cuts in? So, your characters have been in here for a few months. The enclave itself has been here for most of a year. So, there is an old pickup truck in the back that was part of uh, the university itself, or the university home. There's probably a couple of vehicles that were still at the university when it got taken over. No, they'd probably be gators for a big school like that. Uh, Gators are like golf carts and tractors had a baby. They're squat, four-wheeled, and they have a trailer-like a wide bed in the back so they can haul equipment. So those are probably used and are useful for being inside of the university. But as far as like outgoing vehicles, I imagine you guys have a few at your disposal. It's not getting a vehicle that's the problem, it's getting the gas to run. So while you still have a few horses and a few other alternative means of travel uh, for a long distance, i.e. to get into the city and get around and carry stuff back with you. Passenger van? Yeah, I was going to say, there's probably a passenger van at the college. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Good old 18-seater, big, white, ugly. <laughs> there was probably a shuttle, but they probably can't run that anymore because it ran on diesel or something. School bus. So who actually can drive? Well, who all is coming with us on this run? Just three of us? Okay, so the people that are going to be going with you are going to be Zach and Jack because they go. They are your subordinates. Okay. Uh, they go with you wherever you're going to go. And probably maybe one or two other scavengers that you guys have trained up uh, to deal with, but you're the main crew that goes out with us. Okay. Okay, and we're all going in one vehicle? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> a small caravan? Probably a small caravan. So I would say it's probably smart to do three. So we'll do the pickup truck, a white van. It says free candy inside. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't have passenger vans or shuttles. It was Aubrey's ice cream trucks. <laughs> <laughs> he has a rental van. He would have had a rental van. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they could get a hold of a box truck, they might. Actually, yeah. Okay, I'll go with that. Scene cuts to a large 18-seater passenger van, an old beat-up pickup truck, and a UPS van trundling down the street, making its way through town slowly but carefully, trying to reduce volume down old established routes until it starts to get out to the back end of the city, close to a sporty good section of the old downtown mall. Now, you're not going to be able to get perfectly there because you don't know what's nearby. Unless you want to try and push for that. So what might be smart is to, to back off a little ways ahead of time and scout it before pushing in. Do you guys want to try to run through how do you want to I have local knowledge. Would that be useful to, to get us as close as possible? Totally applicable. Yeah, go ahead and hold that phone. Um, if you guys want to join in, I could suggest it at first. I'm going to say she gets the main role. Cherry and Lucky, if you get over 12 on your local knowledge checks, each one of you will give Courtney a plus two to uh, that gets roll. Okay. Right. So I to have urban plus. survival, more specifically. That's going to be useful for scavenging yeah. and staying alive in this one. I will go that that is fine to have. I will say the DC on that is going to be 15 in this case. Okay. And to roll it, it's 2d10s plus your skill. Plus a stat. So you're going to be doing this based off of... How do you think you know this knowledge already? Because he's normally part of a uh, explorer-type troop. 
things where he that's his history, he would be perceptive and kind of mapping aloud as he goes along. Okay. So let's go ahead and have you move your logic die. Um, and then you're going to add your skill to that total roll. For you, I was thinking insight personally. Why do you think that? Because she's such a quick thinker. She's going to look at the actual, okay, where is there enough open space for us to navigate? Where can we park the vehicles? It's going to look inconspicuous in case a super does come by. How can we hide everyone while I run in, get a lay of the land? Okay, I like that. So no. I'm actually going to say that you're not rolling to boost Beckett. Right. You're going to do a roll to hide the caravan, mm-hmm. and you can use your urban survival with your insight bonus on that. Okay. okay. I need both of you to roll. Okay. And then he's, if lucky he's successful, he'll give you a boost to your roll. I got a 15 total. Perfect. Uh, 16 plus 4 is 20 plus 3. Nice. So we're looking at 17 plus... 20. All right, I'm going to say that very well. Those rolls way above what we needed to get in here. You guys already have a good lay of the land. You've been here before. So when Charity actually had mentioned that it was this particular location that had gone in, you were like, cool, yeah, we know where that is. You guys have been to the mall before. We right? just couldn't get in. Right. Okay. Parts of the downtown mall had already had like main breakthroughs. There had been big fighting down here. Other people tried to move in. So they had actually cut down, and at some point, Somebody had made a couple of incendiary bombs and ignited them inside the mall. So there's a big section of the mall that was just completely cut off. If what she was saying is accurate, or rather if what the people over at Stanton Stadium had said was accurate, somebody else had broken through this and this was still a good place to go. So you were able to find a spot that's actually very close to the mall, I'm going to say. You know what's already roughly there. You've mapped this area out before. Probably not that long ago, maybe last week. So, coming in here already, there might be one or two random zombies nearby, but you're ready to go. This shouldn't be bad. So, you pull right on in, ready to run. So, how close do you want to be now? You have the full wave of the land is around. Charity, with your roll, I'm going to put that as a, a, a stat, basically, for everyone else to try and find that you guys are here. You're able to hide your traces so that the fans look like the poor other bands that are there. <laughs> Nobody's going to initially think that you're, oh god, these are scavengers. It's, oh, there's the same amount of normal cars here that are screwed over that nobody can use. Right. We park them a certain way so they don't look like they're a caravan. They look like they just got abandoned or accidentally yeah. ran into each other or Yeah, you parked up or, into another car and you yeah. lightly bumped it out of the way so it looked like it got twisted. You're half mm-hmm. on the curb so it looks like somebody was trying to peel out. Like You guys have hit it fairly well. As you actually get over to the mall, the normal parts of it that you're familiar with are still nice, you know, Minus the gaping holes, uh, almost splitting them all in half. But the rest of the mall is pretty nice. That's the main part where the movie theater was and a couple of other nice shops. You guys have been through that so many times, though. Who cares? You've already literally taken all the movies out of there. Back on another one that Aubrey probably sent you for. Or if you can just keep your own movie night at the uh, Enclave Interesting. But as you're getting over to this section, I would like you to roll perception rolls to see if you can find the entrance to the now open curtain mall. You know it's near the sporting goods, so you already know what you're hunting. Do we still add our... This like is going to be an active perception. I would say for this, uh, let's do... Uh, I would accept insight or logic as the two major roles that should be used. Either one would be most appropriate. If you think you're doing it somehow the way, please let me know, but those would be the ones that make the most sense to me. Beckett gets 17. Uh, 17 plus 3, 20. Nice. Good job, 17. Okay. Good balls, guys. Outside of the sporting goods has had most of its exterior face, the part that was the actual department front, caved in, which is why it's it's rubble. And it's 
really caved in as if somebody had just broken down through. So as much as there's a large area of space that's not been gone through, this good chunk of it is just rubble. But with whatever happened nearby, presumably Chimera, you guys have noticed that there's chunks of the rubble have shifted and unsettled, moved to the side. And so there's now gaps that are roughly roughly person-sized in certain sections of the rock. Um, if you lever some of those boulders out now, you can actually make a nice hallway and walk in through a chair. As you're coming over to the front of this, and so you're 21 actually, 20 for you and 17. Yeah. You guys are also able to notice that there are other footprints that have already come here, which could be possibly the people from Stanton Stadium. Uh, and there's uh, a scrap of cloth that was torn from somebody's probably the clothes as they were coming through and it caught on one of the jagged stones that was on nearby. Just to make sure everybody's on the same page, this is a two-story mall that has had, like I said, the, the floors crushed through. So the bottom floor is what's open right now and it's the okay. As you guys go inside, you enter into what is the sporting goods section of this. Holy crap, it's an actually good sporting goods section. There's still untouched racks from before. Um, a couple of displays, what might be uh, goalie gear and different soccer uniforms, mostly clothes right now. Mm-hmm. Set up a couple of mannequins that still have their their like equipment on. As you're kind of taking a look through, please tell me what you're using to light the light. I'm Is using it... my night vision goggles. Is it dark in here? Yes. Yeah, that's right. There's, There's no natural light right now. So yeah, and as you guys have driven out here, the sun is definitely set. It is definitely dark, dark at this point. Mm-hmm. Alright, Lucky would actually uh, pop one of his uh, glow sticks, crack it, and shake it so he's got a glow stick. Okay. But it'll be somewhat hooded so he can kind of use it to see almost directionally without seeing from all sides. Okay, so Lucky's wrapping his hand around the glow stick to give it some sort of flame. Yeah. Okay. Um, I also want to bring this up because... Uh, Cherry, I know you have night vision goggles, but I also know if other people don't. So as they're wandering through here with their lights on, putting yours on would be a good way to blind yourself. Well, not really. That depends on the intensity of and the fact that they are tactical night vision, not child's night vision. So the problem with night vision and his representation is that everyone thinks it's that, oh, there's light, it's blinding. That's not actually how they work. Cool. Okay, you know what? Let's actually do a quick roll for that then. Urban survival mm-hmm. or scavenging. Do you have scavenging? Uh, no, it's urban survival. Okay. I will give you a DC 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's do DC... Let's use DC 18. Uh, if you can get over DC 18, you've got very nice, high-quality night vision goggles. They've got no problems on them whatsoever. That's the thing, though, is it came with my kit, very specifically, because there was the difference in... You Did either you say get, the tactical yeah, you, Oh, okay. You know what? Never mind. I'm sorry. I do also have a pair of simple night vision because I bought them. That's why I was asking because I know there is both versions on that no, one. No, I, I bought the super about. fancy ones for okay. my character. It came with a kit and then I bought the spares so I could give them to somebody else. Awesome. Are you doing that? Becky, yeah, no. Do you have I, your own light source? I would offer to Beckett. Like, Cherry would just, like, drop them in her lap as she's getting off the bus or like. <laughs> Okay. So yes, you have simple ones. Okay. And, and like a glow stick would kind of whitewash that. It would make it a little hard to see, but he's not like brandishing it. Yeah. So it would still, for the most part, be... Right. Yeah, because look, he's also keeping it hooded. It's much right. uh, much easier to stay. It's pretty good stuff. Yeah. And that being said, Cherry <laughs> is probably going to be in the front anyway. So any light is going to be behind her. Okay. Um, and she's going to pretty much brashly just work her way through and try to find the hunting and fishing 
sections? Sure, you're walking in and just, like, beelining, looking up, trying to catch on the signs to see which one says, like, hunting, fishing, trying to get a quick lay of the story. <laughs> well, it's too late to stop you, I guess. God damn it. <laughs> Zach just looks over uh, at you, Beckett, and says, of course, she never <laughs> listens to protocol, let's be honest. Yeah, Beckett would grab <laughs> Jack and Zach and start with clearing the area first before beelining anywhere. She's not going to yell at Cherry because that would be a bad idea. Fucking Cherry! <laughs> Lucky would try to keep a little bit of a, a lookout, actually. <laughs> Lucky, where are you jumping to keep a lookout? Because you're three feet tall. So right. Trying to stay where you're at normally to get a lookout is probably not the easiest he's, thing to do. He's meerkatting and he can't see where There's the There's nothing racks. here on the ground. <laughs> are, are we on ground level? You are on ground level currently, yes. So, uh, to clarify again, on the inside here, you're entering into a storefront. Everything in here is covered in dust and layers and layers of dust. Fallen debris rocks because half of the upper story and a third of this lower story have been completely butted in and rubble. But you've crawled and snaked your way, pushed open rocks, and made a nice path to get into this larger section of what is actually still fresh store. Lucky would instinctively try to find some places a little hidden, but higher. Okay, so are you crawling on one of the mannequins and trying to pull them down? Or are you just looking for, like, a rack? Um, well, it's a store that we're in. Yeah, so okay, think there's, like, something like Dick's. There, there's definitely, um, there's shelving in here. Some locations are lower, some definitely higher. There's wall units. There's there's a ton of different stuff. I just want to kind of give me something okay. more, like, well, visually, in this case, what, do you, what do you want? He's in the back, so he's probably going to be near the entrance area on the lookout in case something's coming towards the, uh, the store. Okay. Since everybody else is inside the store. Okay. But he'll be somewhat hidden. can be. Okay, that's fine. Roll me a... Uh, stealth? Stealth, please, yes. So you're thinking about where the best direct line of sights are and where that's yeah. going to allow you to be. So go ahead and roll your logic and add your skill bonus to that. As I try to math here. 8 plus 7 is 15. That's 26 to get on the dice roll. Plus screens. 29 minutes. Alright, that's solid. Okay, I will keep that in mind in case anyone shows up. Can you also roll me a perception check to keep your eyes out? Right as your head. <laughs> Alright, so that is... Yeah, as uh, Cherry goes off in the darkness, back, she thinks to herself, I respect her independence, but goddamn, I'm going to wring that kid's neck. <laughs> and that's a 28 for perception. That's fantastic. Alright, she's... A, as soon as she walked into the store, she just started flipping the bird over her head, like, hope you're wearing the fucking goggles. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Zach and Jack just kind of share a look of every one of those nights. <laughs> I mean, they, you guys have all been out together. They know you're excited and Jerry's freaking going for gold. <laughs> well, I mean, Lucky is very, I mean, his mind is really low. So he's not going to be shifting stuff. No. And, and yeah, as far as moving around and stuff, he's got a freaking Jerry rig prosthetic. So. Right. Yeah. And as we've already discussed, Zach and Jack are definitely the big heavy lifters for this stuff. Once everything gets going, you guys will be the uh, sharpshooters while they get the gear out. Uh, so again, Lucky's staying outside right now. Yeah. Lucky's picking up a spot uh, probably in the rubble okay. where it is mostly hidden from view and able to get a really good perch to see everything else happening around it. Beggar, what are you doing? Like I said, taking Zach and Jack and starting to sweep and clear and make sure there aren't any okay. seas hiding. Cool. Give me an active perception roll for you guys, and uh, Cherry, also for you, please, because I know you're looking very specifically for some things, and you're probably also keeping your eyes out. I oh, would yeah. imagine. I would fucking hope so. I would not survive very long out here if I didn't. Lucky would have asked you to 
look for prosthetic foot replacements if we're, I mean, you probably would have mentioned that. And hey, it's a sporting goods store. <laughs> they might. <laughs> so listeners, while the, everyone's rolling their dice, uh, I've actually given everyone a list of items that the Enclave is looking for and the people are looking for. We'll probably post that uh, as it gets updated, uh, but also for this episode as well, so that you can keep track of what everyone's trying to get a hold of. <laughs> okay. So I rolled an exploding die. I haven't re-rolled it. I'm already at 29. Okay. Uh, 32. That's awesome. And I got 23. <laughs> nice swap between you two on that one. Very impressed. All right, let me do a quick roll for Zach and Jeff. I know we'll see shit. Are they dirt kickers? <laughs> They're her subordinates. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just turned them into good old boys. <laughs> They're probably like that. <laughs> probably. <laughs> what? So, we know you like to make fun. Mm-hmm. As long as you keep everything ready when shit hits the fan, because we'll get your back, too. Yeah. It's not as good as Lily's back, but we'll cover your back, too. <laughs> oh, we're going to remember that. <laughs> Did Becca hear this? Yes. It's like, better not be talking about my Lily. What? No, the other Lily. The, the Lily that has an ass. I'm not even going. <laughs> Are you, you talking hear? about my daughter's ass? <laughs> From the rubble, you can hear. Don't we just a donkey? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, hold on. Can we get the three of uh, us just going yes in a nice look? One, two, three. Yes. Okay. Cherry, <laughs> we're going to go with you first. You've got a 32 perception check. Mm-hmm. Uh, very easily, you see the sporting, uh, it's not the sporting, the fishing game section of the store. It is in the back opposite corner, diagonal, to where you're at currently. So that would be the uh, leftmost corner of the store currently. You start making a beeline down through there. It seems like this was actually a good time frame when Z-Day hit and this place closed down because there was a big sale that was going on, so they probably had just stocked up for everything. <laughs> Perfect. Or maybe they sold out. Hopefully not the latter. <laughs> but the signs make it damn easy to find. Back in. Zach and Jack also wrote very well to keep up on the perception checks. So as you guys are going through, you're perfectly covering each other to make sure that there's no blind spots, but also you're keeping an eye out for anybody coming through. You guys are able to notice very quickly that there's not a lot, but like one or two of the mannequins have been tipped. Gears missing off of them already. Certain items have already been plucked from the shelves as you're walking through. Not that there hasn't been shopping. This was a mall. But in that, well, everything's been shifted to one side kind of way. Somebody did it fast enough and kept moving that it's obvious there's been a few other people coming through here. What I actually like from you guys is you put, I'm going to say that's enough for you to start going through and clearing. You guys are having no problems going through this area. This area totally seems to be empty. There does not seem to be anyone hiding here, and I'm going to give you enough time to go through and check. What I would like is to know if you guys are going to loot in through this area or carry on. Clarify before the obvious question, carry on where? As you take a perimeter of this location, there are still several doors out to what would be the rest of the mall. They're closed, as in there's, in the back end of this store, there is the gate down that would lead into the back end of the mall. You normally know, have the locks. In this case, it's just, this, uh, this sporting goods stores was just attached to the mall. So it doesn't have like super special doors and then the gate down, it just had a gate. So there's still sections of this mall that are open that are available to get into. There are also other doors that left out of this building, the sporting goods building, uh, that went into hallways that probably went into the mall in other locations. So what I want to know is what you want to do with those. You can try those doors, you can try the gate. The gate is down, so obviously whoever was in here before has left some other exit, Uh possibly left, if they just grabbed a few things and ran. 
It really depends on what the hall is like. I want to ask one thing. Beckett would actually know that we're going to the mall. She would go to the, wherever the cashier station is. Sure. And very quietly rummage through some of the material up there and see if there isn't a map of the mall in there because that's a common thing for mall stores to have directories of the mall either on the counter for customers to take or Or for fire exits and whatnot. Okay, that's fabulous. I will get back to you in just a second. Cherry, to answer your question about the hallways, you don't know what's on the other side of the doors that lead out into the halls? I don't care about the hallways. Cherry is very specifically going to be picking certain items from the sporting goods section. Right, so what I'm going to have you guys doing is rolling a scavenging or survival check here to get gear in a little bit. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to stay here to get that, or if you're going to continue exploring through the rest of the mall first, I want to have you doing that, and you'll come back and throw the gear out later. Nope. Okay, <laughs> cool. Go ahead and look, kids. <laughs> so, I want you to roll me uh, scavenging if you have it. Survival, if you do not, the DC will be higher for survival because it is not the skill that is technically being used for this. Mm-hmm. And again, pick the stat that is appropriate to what you think you're doing. 21 plus 2, 23. Okay. Also, you probably would have realized that since Loki uses a bow, he probably would like uh, arrows. arrows. Yeah. <laughs> no, he would like uh, arrows. 20, 27. <laughs> How much did you get? 27. Does it need rice? you guys with those rolls are able to loot several items uh, start pulling stuff so what I'd like you to do is take a couple of items you want from that particular type of section and uh, we're going to say I would say the DCs I'm looking for would have been 20 for the initial for a really good quality item and then 15 for lower quality because you already hit on that 27 cherry uh, you're going to get two good quality items, and then we'll see, and four lower quality gear stuff. Okay. Yeah. This is also the idea, like, there'll be more superfluous, but this is stuff for you guys that you can take that's very specific, like, I need this type of gear, or a very particularly useful item, it's maybe a little higher end, that you can take on. So what we'll do is we'll check the book out later, and this would be, like, uh, higher end items okay. are acquisition points two or more. Um, okay. Lower end or acquisition point one. Okay, so basically two high cost. and four low. Correct. And I get one. So, you, what was your total again? 23. So, 15 for low, Yeah. 20 for good, and if you get over those, uh, it's like tearing up. So, you're going to get one, two, three good quality items, or three three normal quality items, and then one good. What? Loss. <laughs> Such a lovely name, right? Oh, no. <laughs> Originally, you renamed that for a good reason. Uh, yes. It seemed like back from Homeworld, everything kind of had a golden sheen to you, or maybe pearlescent, whatever the exact color was for your world <laughs> of uh, major... Uh, it went mine. Uh, it went this way. The truth was, since you've been on this world, things have not had as much luck. It seems like ever since you lost your foot, the world's taken kind of a better turn towards you on that part. Um, this has just been a fairly inhospitable place. It's actually one of the reasons I think you hang out with your enclave so long, is because they're friendly, and people seem to genuinely like you, even if they don't always understand you. Yep. So it's the closest thing to a community you probably had in some time. Yes, it is. Unfortunately, the world really does seem to hate you. <laughs> that seems to come into mind now. I'm going to offer you a plot deck, in that while you have very, very well hidden yourself from view to everything looking toward you, or up or view. What you have not done well is hide yourself from view from anything up above. You may accept this guy. I do. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> and yours is a D4. Alright. You do have a number of plot dice. This is increasing that amount. Okay. Plot dice again for you guys are useful ways to give yourself bonuses 
tag other extra items, something specific you may want, or to change circumstances to give yourself a benefit. But Ross seems her name seems like a bit of a misnomer now, as what she hears of something big, something above you, area, and a swooping noise, and then a crunch. It's a hawk. Yeah. <laughs> and as you look up with your remarkably good perception score, <laughs> it is to see the form of a 50-foot-long lizard with wings, roughly 25 feet wide. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, hey, that's a big fucking lizard. And uncertain how tall, obviously, in this particular uh, scaleless, gray-skinned, rotting, giant beast. Flap, flap through the air, and then crunch onto the second story, the sporting goods story <laughs> that you're on, and then turn a head that has teeth in it the size of you, uh-huh. and breathe rancid, rotted flesh smell down towards you. As you realize, it spotted your nice, fluffy whiteness from some distance, even with that little glow, uh, against the weird, blackened, gray, <laughs> dusty outside oh, of the <laughs> You guys inside the store, there's a large cr- large crunch as you feel a tremor shake the entire building. Cherry sits up after rummaging through the lower drawers of the ammunition stores, bangs her head on the underside of the actual service counter, cursing, and goes, Fuck, it's probably lucky. <laughs> At least it wasn't you. I know what I'm doing. And we'll call it there. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, listeners. This is Jody from Bone Roller Gaming. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please like and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever platform you listen to your podcasts on. With your support, we find the strength to outpace the shambling hordes. Is it just me, or does like intentional silence just start to make you want to start laughing? Did you? Yeah. Or do some dumb shit like, <laughs> I feel the urge. I like suction, and I like texture. What you- suction? What? <laughs> Duh. <laughs> yeah, he throws a wrench. <laughs> if you can dodge a ball, wait. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. You can dodge a wrench, <laughs> you can dodge a zombie. <laughs> All right. She'll actually top, or not top. Oh, baby. <laughs> I would have thought that could normally top. Wait a second, though. Let's think about this for a second. <laughs> she can put you in whatever position she wants. <laughs> You know, I got bunny blood for you. No, legitimately, I have bunny blood for you. If you want, I get you a little. I'm not scared. I think we'll have a point we can get the hold of. This is really all I'm asking. It's a fucking National Geographic magazine. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or he's like, "Have you heard of Lola and Bugs?" Oh. <laughs> okay, so legitimately, the way I see Aubrey is the reason it's just listed as porn under his special like desires. He doesn't care what. I would imagine there might have been a time where like, somebody found a National Geographic book, thought it was funny enough, and actually brought it back, and they handed it to him, and they went, oh, yeah, this will do. And they <laughs> walked off. And just, they were grossed out. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> then he turns back and looks at Lucky, do you want this when I'm done? A bus is into your, uh, uh, your hobble with a Because he doesn't know the word for hutch. He calls it a hobble. Can you get it channel dry this time? <laughs> yeah, you ask for much. <laughs>